I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you here on this Friday. And uh, we're going to hit something very interesting today because, you know, I was thinking about this uh, conversation we're about to have. And we talk about God wanting a personal relationship with you. We talk about the personhood of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity three in one, the mystery that that entails. But do you ever think about God's personality? He talks about his thoughts. He talks about his feelings. Uh, and we use he because that's what he does in scripture, the, the, the father thing. But even that, I don't think quite captures the essence of God, right? What is his personality like? I think if you ask some people that question, you would get a pretty wide range of answers. Some would go to uh, God is love, you know. Some would go to God is is holy, both of which is true. Um, And some would conjure up, whether they would say it or not, they would think God's, you know, he's out to get me. Uh, He's he's the judge, uh, and we're all going to be judged. And, and, you know, okay, I I can pull some scriptures and back that point up too. But what what is God's personality like? Well, uh, author today explores some of this and, and a little more in a book called Quiet conversations uh, and Kim Harvey Brandon is my guest today and so we'll, we'll, we'll see what she thinks as she has pondered this and studied this for for many many years Kim great to have you on life today live thank you Randy it's a pleasure to be here so uh, what 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 do you think God's personality is like oh the first thing I would say is God is so vast and so large And we have, as humans, we have finite minds to contemplate the mysteries and the depths and heights of God. But his vastness is part of the intrigue of getting to know him personally Hmm. and getting to see and experience many different attributes of his personality. And so I think the first word I would use is he's Mm multidimensional in his personality and He has so many desires for us to get to know him and to get to know the ways he works and the things he desires for us. I think of him very much as a parent. Obviously, we know from the Bible, we learn that God is the Father, Jesus is the Son, we have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But I sometimes like to think of him more as a parent than just a father because many people haven't had a good relationship with an earthly father Mm -hmm. and that can really trip a lot of people up. And so I like to think of God first and foremost as our parent, because he gave us life Mm -hmm. and that's what parents do for us. And discovering the many different dimensions has been a wonderful way for me to improve my faith journey and to grow closer to the Lord through many years. You know, a lot of people, even with the parent uh, idea, um, tend to place the negative human traits that we have experienced. Like you say, you know, absent father a lot of times will lead to, right. uh, you know, a, an idea of an absent or distant God uh, or abusive parents, you know. Or yeah, just, even just worse, abusive, right? Right, right. right. 
Um, did you bring any of that baggage into your thoughts about God? I really did not. I am the very first one to admit I am so bountifully blessed. <laughs> I was raised by two of the most amazing human beings on the planet. In my opinion, both my parents were wonderful people filled with faith, strong believers. And I was born in a family. I was the youngest of three. I have two older brothers. And they just made faith so desirable mm. to us from a very, very young age. And I honestly can say, you know, my earliest memory is probably five years old. Some people, I think, remember being two and three, which I do not. But I don't really remember ever not knowing who Jesus was. Mm. That's how common commonplace it was for us to talk about Jesus and to pray to him. Uh, from my earliest recollections, yeah. so well, that's a, that's a wonderful blessing, and 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 I think it a, is a tribute to the power of of being a family as God designed. You know, yes. Uh, tell me a little bit about your quiet conversations. When did they start, and what did they look like? Thank you. A lot of people say, "Why on earth did you name your book Quiet Conversations?" But I believe in order to discover the depths and greater knowledge about God and to feel closer to him and to learn more about his personality and his um, His desires of his heart for us as believers. I feel like we can only do that if we are deliberate and intentional to carve out time quietly mm -hmm. to sit and contemplate God. Uh, the cover of my book, we were chatting earlier, Randy, the cover of my book is a picture of a uh, beautiful beach. I'm a Florida girl, so I love the beach. With just a simple little bench sitting there with your feet in the sand. And I feel like anything we can do in life to slow down, to take a break from our normally very busy schedule, almost everyone I know is busy, and to just allot some time in your day. For some, it's early in the morning. For some, it's before they go to bed just whatever works for you, but to take that time and to be deliberately quiet so that we can listen to God and his voice and his spirit speak to our mind and our heart. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we think about prayer, we think of prayer really honestly as a monologue because we do all the talking and we think, okay, God, I've got your attention. I'm going to share every desire in my heart. I'm going to make sure you know everything I need because I'm so smart and I know what I need in my life. But really prayer is designed to be more of a two-way dialogue. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to do all the talking and we need to do a whole lot more listening. One of the things I personally love to do is I always start by reading a passage from the Bible and just not taking too much at one time and just really reflecting on it. And I guess we can call that meditating on it yeah. and letting it seep into my being sure. and reading it over and over and asking God to allow those words to permeate through me and to really help me understand his meaning of it. And I always seem to draw much closer to him and I start to then feel like I hear his voice speaking into my heart or in my mind. And he brings things up that often are unexpected that I, I, didn't, I didn't plan on hearing, 
but that challenged me sometimes. Sometimes it convicts me. Sometimes it encourages me when I've had a rough time and I just need to feel love. Yeah. So, you know, there's this idea of, of deism. I first heard that when I was in school and talking about some of our founding fathers. Oh, he was a deist. Like, I don't know what that means. But the idea <laughs> that there is a God out there who created us and then kind of walked away. Um, I, I don't, you can't read scripture and come away with, with that idea. So it's a little baffling to me, but I'm interested to know why you thought, um, yeah, I can actually get to know God and know his thoughts and feelings, uh, even to the point of teaching about it and writing about it. What, what qualifies you? Oh, what a great question. Um, are any among us ever feeling like we are truly qualified? Yeah, no. I like to stand very humbly before God, <laughs> but I feel like my commitment of time and dedication over many years, many decades, has helped God speak to me in a way that over the course of many, many years of reading and studying deep, deeply the Bible and looking at the cultural setting in the at the time right. that the Bible was written and the history that's there mm -hmm. and reading the different um, stories that are in the Old Testament about so many wonderful people of faith, people who were very um, uh, failed human beings, as we all are. Yep. They were very um, much like we are today. They were forgiven sinners. And God wanted to redeem them and take whatever it is that they were willing to share with God. And he takes what we're willing to give him and he blesses it and he uses it. And I like to say he uses the good, the bad and the ugly yeah, yeah. and he can redeem it. And over the course of many years, I was able to look at the history of the Old Testament, the stories of the Old Testament, the words in the um beautiful literature of the Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon that are so beautiful. And then you start to read about the major prophets and the minor prophets. And when you look at that as a whole, you start to see some connecting dots that add up. And I'm like, you know, God treated Moses like this. And then when the judges were on the scene, you see the same behavior of God and how he relates to his people. And then when you hear the word of the Lord proclaimed by the prophets and you're like, wow, that's the same God who wanted to have that special close relationship with the nation of Israel that yep. he started. Yep. And then you start to connect dots. And then with the new Testament, you start to see in the gospels that with God's amazing creativity, just like creating the world, he has this miracle of Jesus becoming flesh. And you start to then read all about his life and what he did to help atone us mm -hmm. and bring us back together in harmony with God. And then we read the epistles and letters and all the way to the end with John's amazing revelation. I think the reason I feel confident that I have a sense of what God wants us to know about him is that I've been willing to do the hard work yeah. and drilling down deeply and then standing back a little bit and saying, I see this dot connect with this. Ooh, look, and that connects with this and this. And you start to get this continuous timeline. And one of the things I like to think about a Bible is when you've got the actual book, you open the book and there's a binding on the back. But like my mother's Bible was so worn and well used by the time she left earth 
that you could take it and you could literally wrap it (laughs) all the way around. And I think that's what God's word does for us is Mm. when you take Genesis and it's a beautiful creation and you go all the way through to Revelation, they start to meet because we then have the new heaven and the new earth. It gets back to Eden. And that's what I love about God's word Mm. is that it is consistent and it is continuous. And we can learn so much about who he is and what he desires for us. So that's that's very interesting that you say that because, uh, you know, if you were to take another work, um, whatever it may be, uh, a, a thick history book, you know, Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, or, or a fiction, right. like Lord of the Rings or something like that, mm-hmm. and you were to right. dive in at some point and read a few chapters, or maybe or just a few paragraphs, right, um, and that's all you read, you wouldn't get the whole story. And you certainly yeah. wouldn't understand the context of it. And, and the... the the Bible is this, it's this storyline. And so many times I'll hear somebody quote this verse from over here and, and apply <laughs> it over here. And I'm like, wait, you need to read what happens before that and after that. And you know, exactly. Like, and is, maybe in the middle of it. <laughs> right, right. Is there anything, exactly. when you started looking at, because context is huge to me. Um, it, it's me too. changed the way I understand God. Um, was there Anything in particular that pops out in your mind? This is, this is not in the notes, so I'm going off script here. Um, That's okay. Was there anything that you had to rethink that maybe you'd been taught as a, as a child or in a church or heard in a sermon, and you go, wait a minute, when I look at that in the context of what's going on and God's plan and storyline, maybe I didn't understand that in the right way, because I do this all the time. I think what happened to me as I matured and grew older and grew from a young child into, you know, like a middle schooler, and then I was a high school student and went to college and became a young adult. And then, you know, afterwards started a career. I think the more living we do, the more wisdom God grants us, because then we have more life experiences that we can relate to some of the people in the Bible and understand their stories better. For example, when I was young, I always loved the story, which is a beautiful Bible story for all ages. But when you're young, it's very exciting to hear the story about David and how he trusted God. And he was called upon by King Saul to come to the army. And he said, I can, uh, I can take care of this big giant Goliath. who's with the Philistines. (laughs) And How dare he accuse and speak poorly of God's army and God's people? And all he did was take his little, you know, sling and his little rocks. And God gave him a big victory that day. And I loved that story as a child. But the older I got, I started to see the many layers of nuances of that story Mm -hmm. that spoke to me so much as an adult. And Mm -hmm. one of the ones that they don't always include in the children's version that they share is that when he was willing and he came and he met with King Saul, King Saul said, hey, we've got to get you all this heavy armor. You've got to have this big helmet. They gave him this breastplate. They gave him these arms. And, you know, he had and he had these spears and he had a shield and he probably could barely walk Mm -hmm. because he was young and it was heavy. That iron was so heavy. And David said, I'm so sorry. I can't do this. I can't do it. I want to take all this off. All I need is my little sling and my rocks and God who protected me from the lion and from the bear while I've been watching his sheep. 
he's going to protect me mm-hmm. from that giant. And I learned that we as humans want to add stuff to people who feel called to do something for God and be like, well, you know, I need you to take this because you need to do it my way. So I'm going to give you this shield and you have to have this armor. And yet that's something that just time teaches us as we mature and grow older, just as one example, um, that there's greater wisdom than just the facts involved in the story itself. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, and good people will try to help us out, legitimately try to help us out. But if it's, that that's why you, you, he, well, David knew David knew God, right? Uh, mm-hmm. in, in in that in that quiet place of you know the fields with the sheep, uh, he, right. he knew, and so he he kind of instinctually knew, instinctively, instinctively knew <laughs> that um, you know I, I don't I don't need what you need, uh, and it's good for you, but it's not for me, right? Uh, and, and and what works for some people, it's fine that it works yeah, for them. Exactly. God created each of us to be an individual. And that's one of the things I love is he knows our nuances. He knows our talents, our strengths, our horrendous warts and weaknesses mm-hmm. and what scares us to death and what we are more comfortable trusting. And he uses all of that. Sometimes he stretches us by getting us out of our comfort zone, but he never does it in a in a mean-spirited or shocking way i think he kind of holds us gently by the hand and says trust me yeah. and if you take a step he's still there for you and then you take another step yep and so that, you know that goes right to the heart of a personal relationship and god's personality exactly. and, and our personality because we're unique and and man exactly. we, we are such uh our tendency in, in the church is a one-size-fits-all approach sometimes to things. And there, right. are, there are some things that are absolutes. I would never deny that. And that's clear in sure. God's word. But there's a lot of room for variation and personality. And, and I think that's what makes it, – it's it's our absolute truths that, that don't change that make us strong. And it's the, the personality and the way that it expresses itself that makes it beautiful. All right, I want to show you the book again. This is Quiet Conversations. Excuse me, by Kim, by Kim Harvey Brannon. Um, and, and Kim, writing this over many years, by the way, you can get that book wherever you go get books. It's, it's available. Um, you went through a lot of hard things while writing this book. And I'm curious if the suffering, both yours and your loved ones, um, changed the way you saw God. I'm asked that question a lot, Randy. And I, I'm very, I guess because I'm a writer, I'm very careful about the words I choose. Going through the various really devastating situations on many fronts um, with some of my loved ones, it was very challenging. It did not change the way I viewed God, but rather what it did do is it encouraged me to begin an, a stronger exploratory role with God. And I would ask God a lot of questions. And I would say, what I have always believed about you is that I am never going to be alone. You will always be with me. Hmm. And this is definitely going to let me see if that's true or not, Lord. And I never felt alone. My husband never felt alone. Other family members that with experiences that I've been through. And I feel like all of the different levels of suffering and turmoil and heartache and tragedy that we experienced 
really validated more than anything else everything I had believed about God mm. and all of the foundational principles that I had developed in my book about the various attributes mm. that I believe God wants us as humans to know about him. So it really was a chance to take what I knew I believed in my heart and my mind, what I had already committed in writing to then really live them out. Mm -hmm. So people are funny, they say it took 10 years to write this book. And I'm like, well, it took a couple <laughs> years if you added it up to write it, right. but it took 10 years to live it. Yeah. And living the book is what I believe makes me, when you asked why am I credible maybe to be the person to write the book, it's the living out the faith that yeah. I believe makes me credible yeah. to be able to talk about how God works in our life because he's worked in mine. And, and what I, what I love about it, I mean, publishing has never been easier. Um, actually selling books has probably never been harder, <laughs> but you, you know, you can tell your testimony and that's what you, you're yes. doing. How, uh, when, what year did you lose your husband? It has now been, um, five years. Oh, it's okay. been five years. So not part of that 10 year period was, the challenges we had with my husband's illness, he developed acute myeloid leukemia mm -hmm. and battled that for two years. We kind of had the fight of our lives to try to do everything we could. Mm -hmm. And then I, so I experienced that. And then I experienced his loss yeah. and what that was like for our family who really believed we couldn't have prayed anymore and couldn't have had more people praying for him. And it. so with my adult children, that they begin questioning all kinds of things about God. And that is very shattering uh, when you're at a particularly vulnerable age. Mm -hmm. So we kind of lived through a lot of those times together. And again, I feel like God validated himself in our lives over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And he truly is Emmanuel, God with us, and we are never alone. And all of those experiences strengthened my faith and my resolve to really want to share my testimony with people because so many people suffer. This is a hard world we're living in. Yeah. You know that, Randy. And so many of the topics that are being addressed today on the news or on podcasts are how do we maintain our faith in the midst of a very broken world? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I understand to a degree uh, my, I lost my younger sister to cancer um, be almost 11 years now. She Ooh, was 40 and had three young children at home. And it does raise, it, it, it makes you um, reevaluate what you think. It tests what you believe. But I, mm -hmm. I, I, what I did is, is I, I went into a lot of these quiet conversations with God. Um, did you, I'm curious, did you take your, your, I don't know if you had any anger or fear or frustrations or just questions or did, how did that approach look? Because I think a lot of people sometimes when they hit those hard times are afraid to be like, Oh, I can't tell God that, which is crazy. Cause that's half of what Psalms are. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Exactly. What, what, what well, and the like? funny thing is he can read our mind anyway. <laughs> so even if you're not willing to tell God, he already knows what you're thinking. Yeah. But my, I personally never experienced the anger that a lot of people experience. Mm -hmm. I will definitely say my three adult children all experienced anger. Yeah. And I just kept encouraging them that God is bigger than your anger. Yep. 
and God wants to hear your thoughts and your feelings, and he's big enough to handle it. And he wants to be there for you. So you have to be open and honest with him. I think for me, I shared a lot of sadness with God. I did share disappointment Mm -hmm. with God that obviously it didn't turn out the way we planned. But one of the things I also really clung to during those really tough years was that in Ecclesiastes, it tells us that we were made for eternity. And so because all we know now is being a human being on Mm -hmm. earth and it's such a finite experience. Mm -hmm. But really, when you really get down to the basics of why in creation, God made people was he wanted to have fellowship with us Mm -hmm. and share life experiences. But God saw the big picture and knew that he was ultimately creating us to be with him in heaven so that we were born and made for eternity. And I will say when you lose someone you love really dearly, there is nothing more comforting than knowing that they're not in pain anymore. They're not afraid. They don't have to battle every day and that they are with God and that they are completely at peace and joy. And that's, that's a huge comfort. And, and that you'll see them again. Yes. Praise God. Yes. That's what the scripture says that, that, you know, we don't mourn as the world does as if without hope. And I, I, you know, that's, that's very interesting because that, that was where God took me with my questions uh, and, and the disappointment you feel and, and that, you know, I, I, a spouse is just so much closer. I mean, it, it's, it all, it's all pain. So, uh, but it's all painful. It, yeah, it is. It was to the eternal perspective of, okay, this life is but a vapor as scripture says, and we were created for more. And once that gets into your core and not just into your, you know, kind of, Oh, yeah, into your mind right in your it, it it gives you such peace and and hope and but it doesn't take away all the all the pain and the moments especially in the year after where you're like oh first christmas without oh first father's day right without, you know, there's a lot of firsts right yeah you know, the first are tough but there is something there and and i i think that reveals uh, a lot about god's personality mm-hmm. um and and the, the comfort and also the, the ability to go to him even with anger you know yes. I, but take it all he's he, he's not thin-skinned you know is there a personality trait about god that's maybe surprised you the most surprised me um can i choose one that has delighted me the most all right <laughs> it might have been a I little guess. surprising at first <laughs> but i have really begun to see a lot of god's sense of humor Oh, okay. And I love humor. That, that would surprise a lot that, of people. A lot of people think God is completely humorless. So that would surprise yes, a lot of people. Yes, I think they do. So in regard, I do think a lot of people would be surprised by that. But I delight in God's sense of humor, and I see it often. <laughs> I see his irony sometimes. And you, you can even see it in the Bible. If you look hard enough and you read between the lines mm-hmm. with some of the emotions that people felt, Yep. there is God's sense of humor. And God is the author of joy and laughter and celebration. One of my chapters in the book is about the fact that God loves to celebrate. Mm. And I don't think the average person thinks about God as being a person who enjoys a good party. But I think there's a party in heaven every time a 
person comes to know the Lord and a child of God is accepting Christ. It's just a big celebration. And Jesus had so many beautiful parables about that. Well, and you know, in the Old Testament, he had, he had, we think of the Old Testament as, as these commandments, thou shalt not, don't do this, don't do this, you better do this. Right. Do you know he commanded feasts? Yes, many feasts and many festivals, yeah. lots of parties, lots of celebrations, <laughs> right. and it it's so joyful. It really is, and that's why getting into the Word, into the Old Testament, particularly because you see then it's not a new thing for just Jesus on the scene to talk about it. God has always loved celebrating. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at the story of Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, and God made a statement when the walls came tumbling down. I mean, and he had the music of the trumpets and they were marching, which was like the sound of the drums. And it's like God wanted it to be very visible and very audible. And I just get tickled by that because I'm like, you know what? God wanted it to be a big scene and a big <laughs> celebration that everybody knew that God reigned and yeah. that his people were doing his will. And I just love that. Yeah. It's, in, in, in you know, sometimes he's showy, sometimes he's showy. <laughs> and then other times he chooses to be a still small voice at the edge of the cave with someone like Elijah, who didn't find yeah. God in the whirlwind and didn't find God in the rain but he heard a still small voice. And I love that about God is that he appears in ways that the individual needs him yeah. to reveal himself to them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Jesus coming out, messianic coming out party was uh, at a wedding. <laughs> I feel like, yes. Right? Yes. Don't, and I love that. Exactly. It was a party. It's a yeah. wedding. And his first miracle was turning water into wine, yeah. which is 100% about celebration. Yeah. So extending the party. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's delightful to think of God in that way. And hopefully people who have only had the wrath of God, the idea of God as exactly. uh, God of wrath, it really it might help them yeah. to have that idea mm. of a different dimension of God that they've never considered. All right, people, you heard it right there from uh, Kim Harvey Brandon, KimHarveyBrandon.com. God is a party planner. That, that is, exactly. <laughs> that is, and the, and the, <laughs> the, the he sets a, a table, you know, a feast. He invites everyone oh, into the feast. It's yes. And that boy, that's a lot of people do miss that about God's personality. But yeah. that I really think that's what he wants. But I mean, you got to come, you got to come home before you can have, you know, the ring and the robe and the the steak, right? right? And yeah. I think that, that to right. me, that's the like, prodigal son. Yeah. I mean, God is the father. Yeah. in that story and he wants to lavish those of us who are lost and when we are found and it's just a beautiful big party and god loves us so incredibly he wants to lavishly bestow his love and grace in our lives yeah. and that's the message that i like to convey <laughs> thank you for conveying it today kim i uh, appreciate you being here uh, Thank you, Randy. It's been a pleasure. Did we hit? Oh, you know what? I didn't show people your website. I want people to see the website. I gave the URL, but there, that's what it looks like. So when you see it, and, and look at it. <laughs> Proclaimer of Grace right there, KimHarveyBrandon.com. Uh, Kim, again, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Um, and just sharing your testimony, which is a, a beautiful and powerful thing. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless. Take care.
Appreciate all you guys out there watching. You encourage somebody, hit that share button. That's what it's there for. They they don't know it, but YouTube hit the share button there so you can encourage somebody today. So do that. If you haven't liked or followed or subscribed, please do that so that you can get notifications of more good interviews like this. And we'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. But when you come to him, you must believe him and repent of your sins and become one of his children.